I am so excited to announce that the doors to Panic to Peace are opening on September 5th. This is my signature program where over the course of 10 weeks, I walk you through how to actually create a healthy relationship with anxiety, simply and practically. And this round is a little different from past ones because I'm offering two different options. You can either take the program live with me and also with others who are on a similar journey as you, or you can take it on your own in a self-paced version. So if this is the year you're determined to create a healthy relationship with anxiety and overcome the symptoms, the anxious thoughts, the panic attacks and fears, it's not too late. Head to the link in the show notes, get on my waiting list, and be the first to get access to the program and to get a really special discount. I hope to see you on the inside. Welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventurer, mom, and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. All right, today I have another special guest with me. Every guest is so special, but this one in particular. (laughs) Nicole is with me, and she took my Panic to Peace program, and her story is relatable, complex, incredible, powerful. Like I am just so excited for her to share with you who she is and her story, and we're going to dive into so much in this conversation. So before we go there, <laughs> welcome, Nicole, to a Healthy Bush podcast. Thanks, Shannon. Um, yes. Yeah, so like you said, I'm a former Panic to Peace student. Um, I came across your Instagram, I think it's like over like a year ago at this point, and I was following along for a while because I'm more of the observant type and, you know, having navigated this for so long and, you know, what I thought, I tried everything. Um yeah, I just was like following along. And then I'm like, you know what, like, what do you have to lose by like, trying her panic to peace? And you know, I just related to you and your content so much that, yeah, I just had to. So and I'm super glad I made that choice, because I got to know you, which I adore you. And so many of, you know, the men and women that were in panic to peace, and their stories. And this group of people has like, it hit my heart. Like they really, really did. And in in ways that it was like, I didn't feel so alone or crazy or frick, am I ever going to get out of this? You know? So yeah, I'm just, I'm super glad I jumped on board and yeah. So I don't know, maybe just like a little bit about me that isn't anxiety related, but I was the only Canadian girl in that group. (laughs) I love it. Representing Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so I think my journey, I've been navigating anxiety for about 13 years and it's been like various like levels and symptoms. So like you said, my story is, is beautifully complex and, Mm. (laughs) and that, but yeah, like, I don't know, aside from that, I'm just, I love to like cook and garden, be outside. I like love the forest and the beach and um, I have, you know, worked so hard to get back to all of those beautiful things that I love to do that are outside of my comfort zone. And uh, 
yeah, you and your course and all of those people kind of really have, and people in my life too, have really kind of given me like the extra kick in the ass to, to kind of, to kind of do it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's, it's part of, you know, the biggest thing that I find that I didn't expect would be one of the most helpful elements of the program is having this like, know that you are not alone because people say it, but it's like, no, 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 I actually am because I don't know what other people are experiencing and I don't know that people share the same thoughts and fears. And like now I have literally a large group of people who are sharing very vulnerably that they're in very similar spots. And so that is massive. And I am just so glad that you jumped on board when you did, when you started the program. I know we had this like instant connection and we're just very similar people. And Mutually, I adore you too. And so I am really excited to dive in and just talk about like, give us a a picture. I know you have said you've struggled for 13 years and that's quite a long time, but like, what was the sort of starting point? Like, when did you realize this is, this is something, something's going on? Yeah. Like it was just, it was like actually like almost 13 years ago to the to the day really um me and my mom were out at the olive garden and uh like an old family friend was getting married she wanted me to do her makeup we were there I started feeling like really weird and strange in the restaurant like needing to go to the washroom and so like every two minutes I was like going to the washroom and I'm like oh my stomach just hurts it just hurts At the time I smoked cigarettes, so I went outside and had a smoke. And by the time, like, I, like, just something just took over my body. And I literally thought I was going to die. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my mom was with me, and my mom has also navigated um, agoraphobia and anxiety for my whole life, uh, for as long as I can remember. Um, At this point, she was kind of you know, outside of her comfort zones and, you know, living her life, so to speak. And she was so cool and calm and collected about it. She's like, you're just having a panic attack. I'm like, no, I'm not like, you need to take me to the hospital. Like it was like my, all my limbs had seized up and I was just, I, I was so afraid of my own body. And I didn't know that then I know that now that, Mm -hmm. that, the disconnect between the trust of myself was a lot of the problem. And I was, you know, I guess having navigated this journey, looking back, it's, I was that girl who suppressed all of her feelings. I was a freaking people pleaser. Everybody's shit mattered more than my own. Yeah. I was just filling everybody else's cup. So long as I filled everybody else's cup, I felt good. I felt like I was being this good friend, this good daughter, this, you know, good girlfriend, you know, later into like this good wife, this good mom, like it was, I was just filling all of these cups and mine was just like so empty. And I had no idea how to fill my own cup because I had already disconnected so long ago. Right. And so Mm. the more you just stuff all this stuff down, eventually it's going to come out. (laughs) And that was the day it just kind of all came out for me. Like my body at that point was like, you can't do anymore. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It sort of, the the cup was running over at that point. I'm curious. You said your mom 
has struggled your whole life. At that point when you had that panic attack, what your mom told you as a panic attack, did you know that your mom had struggled with anxiety and panic at that point? Yeah, we knew like all growing up, like, I, well, like pretty much when you have like start getting memories, essentially. So I think like right around 10 or so, we kind of really started knowing what was going on. And it wasn't that I was like, oh, my mom has anxiety. Like those weren't words, but it was like my mom wasn't ever going to parent teachers. She was never going to any of my sporting events. She never went shopping with me, you know, like all of these things, like we couldn't go on family trips. We never went camping. We never went to the beach. You know, I was doing all of these things with like family, like other family friends or my friends and their families. Right. And so that added a whole other layer of Nicole inner emotions. Yeah. <laughs> that I didn't feel like I had space to say and or being a kid, I had no idea what it was and already being so young and being this people pleaser this quiet person kind of you know my mom's got big stuff going on so our stuff doesn't matter my sister had big stuff going on so my stuff didn't matter you know what I mean so it's like all this stuff just got stuffed yeah so after this event after the the panic attack what what transpired from there was this sort of like that one panic attack and then it just all went off the rails from there or what did it look like? You know, so that panic attack was, well, it was like a week of hell on wheels because I kept, my body kept shaking just uncontrollably. I know this now that it's just like, that's anxiety moving through your body. But at the time I'm like, I just had no control over my body. Um, so there was a lot of that, a lot of, you know, still, I was just, I drank and I smoked weed. So I was doing a lot of these things to just like mask it and keep it quiet. And I like, I just didn't want to deal with this. And the biggest thing that kind of ran through my head was I just don't want to end up like my mom. Mm. And because I love her so dearly and I like, I've prayed my whole life for her and for her situation. And like, here I am landing in it. And I, there's a, there's a part of me and I'm human and I, I resented her for it. And I was angry at her for it, for not being involved in my life. And here I have two young kids. I'm in this situation. I'm like, Oh my God. Right. <laughs> and so I used these, these things, drinking, smoking, weed, whatnot, to just kind of navigate through it and push through it. Like I was like a single mom, technically, like I was with somebody at that time, but I wasn't with the kid's dad. And so it was like, everything fell on me. And so I just really had to, I just pushed through so much for the kids. Right. So this is another layer of just, I'm just going to do things for other people. Right. Like mm. my kids relied on me so heavily that I just like, I had no other, I felt no other choice, but to just keep stuffing it down so that like I can go to work and provide for these kids or like, you know, still like show up for my family and like be cool with my friends, you know, like nobody, I didn't want anybody to know that I was like breaking in this way. I'm so glad that you said that because I think so many people have such a similar response of like, I, <clears throat> I, I, I can't be in this spot and I just have to continue to push through and I have to fake it and make it seem like everything's okay. And then when we do that, right, we unfortunately look to a lot of very unhealthy coping mechanisms in order to function. I, 
you know, similar to you, right? I did the whole alcohol thing. Like this is, <laughs> I need to be able to function. And so that sort of, you know, quieted things down. And I know how scary it can be to be in that place of like, I, I know that this is a problem, but I feel like I don't even have the space to fix it or figure it out. Yeah. But for you, you know, the when you said, I just don't want to end up like my mom, like, I mean, that just gives me chills that it's already hard enough, right, struggling with something like anxiety and panic and agoraphobia, but then to have that added layer of like I saw growing up what it did to my mom and what it did to me and like I don't want that to happen to me and my kids. So like I'm curious because I know people are probably wondering like how did this start to affect your relationship like with yourself and with your kids trying to move through this with all that stuff in the background of like your mom. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many layers to that. Right. Like, and as I grew and matured, like things morphed and changed, but it was, it was hard. Right. Because for one, it wasn't even up until like really like last year that I like, let my kids vocally know what's going on. So like I was hiding it and I thought it was very, very good at hiding it until like my kids are older now, like 20 and 15 that like they see, right? Like they're emotionally in tune now. It's not like they're just little kids and we're at the park and I feeling uneasy and they have no idea. Right. And so like, as they grew, it's like, I've had to find other ways to like sneaky sneaky do this right like and show up and I just was there's a lot of life I actually don't remember with the kids Mm. because I was just so much surviving and it's like people are like oh remember that and I'm like I have no idea like no recollection whatsoever and it's like that that trauma that really I I created that, right? Like I created that based out of like me trying to survive for me and not feeling like I had the safe place to just be like, hey, I'm anxious. I need help. Like I never reached out for help either. Like I kind of just relied on my mom and, you know, her experience because now it's like, oh, now we can relate and we can bond. We share this this thing together, mm. right? And we, And I fully get it. And so there was like an added layer of like, guilt in that too like navigating wow I really resented you here I am doing this and now like I you're right like I saw what it did to me what it did to my mom and what it did to my family right and so a lot of my my relationships and friendships like a lot of like my past relationships were very toxic and and whatnot but there was always this, then this little voice in the back of my head being like, well, I'm not good enough. People don't want to be with somebody who's, who's anxious. And, mm. you know, like, especially like once I, I got married and things kind of took like a, a turn, you know, in 2028 or 2018, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. It just kind of all came flooding in and like all those feelings of like, wow, here we are. And like, life is going to fall apart. And I like, I can't hold on anymore. And I'm just again, pouring at the seams. Yeah. So 
in 2018, like what did that all start to look like? I mean, were you experiencing a lot of panic attacks? Like were you finding it hard to do things? Well, it's it's so strange because like my like it's my anxiety started off as very body symptom to like I could still go places and be places I'd feel uncomfortable, but like, you know, I'd have a drink or a hoot, I'd be fine, forget about it. To I kind of started avoiding certain places where I had had panic attacks on the highway and it's only like south of my city. So I could go like anywhere else, but I couldn't go see my friend who lived out in the country in the south. Right. Because I'm like, well, if I go that way, I'm going to have a panic. I started making all of these weird little connections in my mind. And like, even when I met my husband, we were dating. It's like, oh, I have anxiety, but I hit it. And like, he didn't really understand to what extent. And so like, right, I'm still trying to be this perfect girlfriend and mom and like, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to be your everything. And I'll just keep this being like, it's, it's, it's cool. It's manageable. I got this, you know? And my husband was out hunting and I'm just cleaning the kitchen and my, I, my, my brain broke my, it wasn't my body now and my brain broke. I was literally so afraid to think about anything, like anything. Mm -hmm. I would, I don't even know what I was thinking about at the time where I felt like my, my brain broke. But I was just so afraid to think about anything. And it just comes back again. I know this now of like, not trusting myself and not having faith and trust in other people that they could hold space for me and that I didn't have to really navigate this alone. And, you know, it was, it took a lot of months to kind of crawl out of that. And then I, you know, we were talking about buying a cabin at this time. And so we had kind of gone out of the city to look at this cabin. I was not ready for an out of the city trip and, I did it because I'm like, I'm doing this for my family, right? Like still mm-hmm. not still not in the mindset of like, whoa, it all needs to come back to me and I need to be okay with me before I can be okay for all of these other avenues of my life. And I think that that was also like a huge hindrance into into my growth, right? Because I'd had little spells where it's like, oh, like, you know, okay, we're overspilling, come back, let's, let's quick fix this so we can get back to life, right? And it's a lot of it had to do with like, I just need to get back to work, like my livelihood, I need to be successful, like, right, I need to, I need to be a good mom, I need to go to the lake, I need to do all these things with my kids, like, right, so it was always just this quick band aid fix to get back to back to life. But this time, it was very different. I just paralyzed I just like couldn't do life like I was living off of lavender oil and chamomile tea and like I'm just I wasn't sleeping I lost like 20 pounds in two weeks like it was just it was a huge body warning call right and it's I I, I was forced to listen yeah and it, it's so hard when we keep putting those you know quick quote fixes, like all the band-aids on it and I can just hold this together and I can keep powering through and your body finally gets to the point where it's like, nope, enough. I can't do this anymore. And you really have to like look at things differently and start to support support us and like let's start looking at this stuff and actually working through it and not continue to like sweep it all under the rug and and just throw all the band-aids and hope that it, you know, 
fixes everything. So what did what did it look like? What did you start to do? Did you obviously you had some awareness of like I can't keep doing things this way. So like what did yeah. that look like? Well, so that kind of looked like um, a very like a variety of things. So I love like all things body, and so. <sighs> And my outlook has always been anxiety isn't a mental disorder. Like I just, it just never really resonated. I, and I, I now know that it's very somatic and it's like, there's a, you know, brain body connection that was disconnected for me. And that's really what it is. But anyway. What did it look like at that point when you started to realize like, I can't keep putting the fixes on it and doing everything that I'm doing. Like, how did you start? What did you do to do things differently? Right. So yeah, having the, this passion about the body, I like, I started looking into natural supplements like St. John's wort, like even just like vitamin D, like all of these things. So I went down a naturopath road. I've spent lots and lots of money there. Um, I was like, oh, well, I must have breast implant illness because I had breast implants put mm-hmm. in. And so I'm like, oh, I got them removed. Um, well, that was a very good decision and a lot of things started to get better. It didn't fix the problem. So I was still running off of a lot of quick fixes, but I thought in such a, a more healthier, healthier way. But yeah, I think the first thing that was... <sighs> it's once I started getting like real with myself and it was very lonely and I wasn't alone. Like I was with my husband and my kids and I was doing all of this very deep shadow work because I just hadn't gone in and looked inside and like my container was so full and I'm thinking that it's all of this outside stuff and it's all me. Like I was such a victim. I was so concerned about not ending up like my mom I was like, my husband just totally doesn't want to be with me. Like my kid, like, what are my kids thinking about me? Right. And it's just like, it, it, it's like, what do you think about yourself, Nicole? What, what do you think about yourself? Who do I want to be? So I quit drinking. I quit smoking weed. Like this, I think I'm like eight, seven years, not smoking weed. I think I'm like five years, not drinking I've had a couple of drinks now here and there because I'm just, I'm not putting the correlation that like, oh, drinking now makes me anxious because that's what it became, right? Like I just didn't want to ever be not in control of myself. And so any substance or, or whatever, I, I just focused. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, I think, I think something that you did, right, that was really important, kind of asking yourself that helpful question. But I think probably somewhere in there you also asked yourself, right, like what do I need? Because you said getting honest with yourself and that's something that many of us don't want to do. Like we don't want to put the light there and we know that we have to. Like I have to get real and honest with myself, but I'd rather it be just all these other fixes, like these sort of more tangible things. I can maybe take supplements, eat healthier, you know, get the implants removed, like all these things. And they they probably can be helpful, but mm-hmm. we're doing a whole lot of running from ourselves. And I think that's such a huge theme and and with so many people who struggle with anxiety, it was one for myself that 
anxiety itself wasn't even so much of the problem. I was just always running from me and not wanting to look at that stuff within me and the stories and the the guilt, the shame, the all the stuff that I was holding on to. And I know, you know, that's probably a huge reason why we connect so much. And I think when you started shining that light, right? It was like, okay, there's actually something here and I've got to work through this really hard stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Especially because like I've always felt like something was broken, right? From like when I was a kid, right? So now you think like, how do you go back to all of this stuff when you felt all of these ways in your 30s? Like, right. And so I was, you know, I did therapy and tried to fix all those past things. And, you know, then it was like, I took medication and I just like, I, I don't, it just doesn't resonate with me to take medication and it never reacted well with me. Like, you know, I just kind of like numb out and, you know, then there's like other things like your libido, you gain weight. Like there's all of like, then these other things that you're stressing right. and anxious about that are like important to you right like <laughs> yeah who doesn't want, who, right like right like intimacy is huge right so and then like the fact that you can't do that because you're on medication just try to hold it together um right so I'm just like I'm at the point where and I got to the point where it's like it's all emotions and if I just heal the stuff that I'm dealing with now it really it's it's the wheel of life right it will mend over there like I don't have to go backwards and and fix this 10 year old Nicole like she doesn't need fixing she was never broken she did all of the things that she needed and could do in in that time with the skills I was provided right like it's just in now in present day, I'm just like, I'm like, I love love. I love to give love. I want to be love. I want my needs met, right? Like all of these things. And it's like, those are not non-negotiables. Those are things that aren't going to be compromised anymore because the more I start living from that place, actually the less anxious I am. And the more I'm like tuning into my body and just like letting me feel the things that I need to feel without one, judging myself, and two, worrying about what judgments and opinions are freaking coming from other people because I spent a lot of time living in that place and a lot of that then ends up in your head and you get so disconnected from your body when you live in your head. Yeah, you can you can say that a few more times. <laughs> right, and so you start living from this like somatic place, like body, and I think – you know, as culture changes, we're going to get to this place where we're more driven to like go into the body to heal ourselves than we are to the mind. And because the mind just wants to, right, put a correlation. You have this anxiety symptom. Your your brain needs to create a story about why it's there. It's a freaking totally untrue story. It's literally something that could have happened a month ago that you didn't deal with. Yeah. Right. So it's like, yeah. And like Pank to Peace brought me, you know, back to all of like these little reminders of things that I had kind of learned along the way and how to actually put them into practice and, and move forward. And, you know, a lot of that's my work too. Like, right. Like this program is such a beautiful guide and like, and a reminder to, to just keep going and to keep pushing through and take those healthy steps. Right. Like, and I wasn't taking healthy steps before. And, you know, like 
it's hard opening up still to like the kids or like, you know, being, you know, and I'm learning how to feel emotions now because I didn't before. So at like 38 years old and I'm trying to like articulate an emotion, I have freaking no idea <laughs> how to, you know, often leaves other people confused because like, especially when it's anger, right? I like anger was one of the emotions that it's like, I can't be angry. People can't see this or this is, doesn't feel good. So I'm just going to push it away and just pretend I'm not angry. And so that one is, it's, it's still something I'm working on navigating and how to like articulate it because it just comes right. And <laughs> I'm at a place where I'm working with like the somatic body that I just let things be as they are unapologetically. Like I'm not sorry for having feelings anymore. Oh, what a beautiful place to get to, right? Where you don't have so much of the guilt for having the feelings. You recognize it makes sense and I'm human and I have to let myself have these emotions. And that is so, so powerful. And I'm just so glad to hear you say, you know, I, I recognized then, right, the 10-year-old me that none of it was my fault and that I was doing the best you know, to to function with the skills, with the everything that I had. I'm curious because I know your relationship with your mom obviously has impacted you and your journey a lot and your your journey with your kids and becoming a mom yourself. I'm curious like how or have you started to heal all of that, that resentment and sort of the – the stories that, you know, you had told yourself for so long about your mom and like not wanting to be like her. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it has morphed and changed. Um, it's still a work in progress, right? Because I've spent so many years of my life telling myself this story about my mom and then making that correlation with me and her. Um, I've since forgiven myself for, for, you know, showing up and having those kind of resenting feelings towards her, I've forgiven myself, you know, we've had conversations where she, you know, just out of the blue, we, she's like, you're not responsible for holding on to my stuff. Right. And I think that was huge because I think in some way being who I, who I am, I just, I just wanted so bad to fix her so that she could show up in a way that I needed her to show up for me. Right. And like, I took that on and it wasn't my job. And so I very much so kind of like catered and babied her feelings and, you know, like at, at the expense of my own, but I have since like disconnected and I've had boundaries there and like really separated that like her journey is her journey and mine is mine. And I can share stuff with her, you know, and whatever, but if, she, you know, if she doesn't want to take the stuff and try the things like that's okay. Right. Like I'm, I'm a different person and she's a different person and she's got her own stuff and I have my own stuff. Um, and with that, like now navigating into this, right. Like I hit it from the kids. Cause I was just like, I knew what that felt like as a kid to have this anxious mom and, and not show up and, I'm just, I'm at a place now where I just, I'm just more vocal with the kids about 
kind of what's going on and, and where I'm at. And I'm just like, Hey, you know, like there was my stepdad's 50th birthday. That was just not too long ago. And I tried to make it there and I got really far. It's just, I just wasn't ready. Right. Like it's a lot of people and <laughs> yeah, I haven't been there in a while and whatever, whatever. But I called the kids and I was like, it took, I was so emotional, but I'm like, I'm just not going to make it. And they're like, okay. Like, you know, and then we get home and they're like, I'm proud of you for trying like, right. Like they're in my corner and they're, they're not against me. Like, and I'm more open with like, like, how is this making you feel when I can't, or, you know, when I, and it's not that I can't, I got to stop saying that because it's actually a choice. Like I'm choosing not to, right. Like, it's like, I can, but based on all of this, like fear story that I've created, I'm choosing not to. And the stories that correlate that I, I can't, and that it is the choice, like, that's kind of how I'm reframing it. And so it's like, oh, well, I have choice all of the time. So I can choose. Right. And so I've been kind of operating from that point. And, you know, a lot, it, it kind of morphed into like, I didn't want the kids to travel in my car with me just in case I had a freaking panic attack. And then they'd see, and then there's like this embarrassment level and, and whatever, whatever. Me and my youngest son went to a basketball game downtown <laughs> not too long ago. Had the best freaking time. <laughs> I love and like, it. There's this thing that like, you know, my, my therapist says, she's like, there's still normal nervous stuff. Like it, it's okay to still be normal nervous and, you know, it's okay to be excited, but a normal nervous and excitement also feel the same way anxiety used to feel. Yep. Right. And it's so, very easy for those wires to always get crossed, right? Everything yeah. sort of equals anxiety when you have such a strong history with it. Yeah. And like I was off work and working from home just due to some changes in my life. And then, you know, like I was writing this like, get connected with yourself. Oh, you feel anxious. Like there was just a lot going on and then I wasn't at work and, you know, work's been a big thing for, for my anxiety journey, but it's like, it all was purposeful in the fact that like, I'm replaceable at work and I'm not replaceable in my life. And I have to focus on what my life is so that I can show up for my, for me, for my kids, for my job. Like I have, like, it starts here. The wheel starts at the center of me, not not at work for people who will replace me in a second. Yeah. Right. And I just started thinking more about those things and, you know, work's been great. I mean, it's been great. There's no issues. And, you know, I went to my nephew's grad just yesterday, like yesterday, you know, like I'm starting to feel more, more alive in the sense that like, these are my choices. This is how I want to show up in my life and so on and so forth. I've also haven't been to my mom's house in four years and I went there a few weeks ago and there was something, I don't know. I get to this certain spot, like, you know, within the city and I'd just be like, (gasps) (laughs) like, it's so weird. It's not even like I'd feel anxious. It's not like I was thinking anything. It's just like this like energy thing. And I don't know what it was. And I, I, that day I just, broke the barrier. And I was talking to a friend on the phone while I was driving Bluetooth, of course. And, uh, (laughs) 
And uh, she's like, oh, you're going to go see your mom? I'm like, nah, probably not. I'm just like, I'm just over here. I'm just like, I felt good, right? Like I'm doing these things for me and not for anyone else. And, you know, I, I did end up going to see my mom and she's like, oh, thanks for coming to see me and thanks for doing this for me. And I was like, but this was for me, right? I just, yes, it's for her too, but I just had to keep telling myself and her that this is for me. And then, you know, she kind of got really excited that I was there. And then she's like, oh, you're coming for this and you're going to come for that. And da, 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 da. And I'm like, <sighs> like, yeah, like maybe like, that's the plan. Like, that's what, that's where I want to be. But this is for me and these are on my terms and this is for my health journey, right? Like this, this isn't just to like rush back into it because cool, I can do it. Right. Like, I have mm-hmm. goals and I have things and we'll get there, right? So. Oh, I love that. I mean, you shared so much goodness. I <laughs> There's so much. <laughs> There's so much. But, you know, I think something really important and helpful to recognize, right, is you, the way you, you know, hid things from your kids initially in the beginning for many years, right, was this coping mechanism. I mean, you saw the impacts that it had on you. And so you were sort of also taught like to hide it. I mean, I remember you telling me a story of your mom picking you up at school, like you and your siblings and like just taking you guys home and not really understanding then, like she was doing that because she was super anxious and didn't feel like she could be by herself. So her solution was to take you guys out of school. Like, and and you not really understanding, right, all of these components of what she was really struggling with. And I think, you know, she had some coping mechanisms, obviously. And then you, you know, not knowing, not being taught, like, how do I handle emotions and and what do I do with all of this stuff? And so it makes sense, total sense that you hid it from your kids and thought that was, you know, you being protective and helpful. And unfortunately, right, that's what a lot of us do is we hide it. And it, not just if you're a mom, but just as humans, we think if we hide it, it's better. And unfortunately, it's it's not protective of us, the person who's struggling or the people that we think that we're protecting kind of does the opposite of that. And that's it's really hard, but I'm so glad to hear you talk about choice <laughs> because it, it so, at so many points and in so many different ways, you have choice. And that's probably one of the hardest things in life. And when you're working to heal from something is recognizing you always have a choice. And mm-hmm. it is really freaking hard, especially to make the choice, to do the hard things, to be vulnerable to all these things, but to make the choice to actually do things differently than your mom did, like that's generational trauma stuff. I mean, and that goes deep, like deep. I know. I mean, you know, we both, I have so much anxiety in my family and I know you and I have talked, right? You kind of have this feeling of like, I'm just doomed and this is just what my life is going to look like because everyone around me has struggled with anxiety to some degree in some way. But it is so much about choice. And I'm just so proud of you for talking to your kids and being vulnerable and for sharing more of it and letting them see, you know, more of who you are and, and the actions that you're taking. Because I think, I know a lot of moms might be listening and thinking, 
well, my kids probably resent me because I'm not doing things that I, quote, should be or want to be doing. And I'm, I know that I could be more for them. But I think recognizing that resentment for you, you know, and I'd love you to speak to this, probably built so much and was there really because you didn't see your mom taking any healthy actions because it was just, this is just it. And she was in survival mode always and just trying to use a whole ton of unhealthy coping mechanisms to get by. And I think there's a huge difference between seeing a parent or a loved one, a caretaker who is just sort of living in it and not trying to take any any healthy action as opposed to having a family member, a parent, a caretaker who is modeling how to actually care for yourself, how to like feel your emotions, how to navigate tough stuff. Like all of that is so insanely helpful and healthy and is a gift that you can give your kids. So, you know, I don't want people to worry and think, right, I'm my kids are going to resent me. They're going to hate me. You know, it's very different if you're doing the work versus making the choice not to do the work. You know, they end in very different results. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think like, you know, shame's a huge part of all of that, right? Like the shame and then you have your own guilt and then plus then mom guilt on top of that, right? And so then you're just adding to this other layer of shame and also creating more of a victim state for yourself, right? Like it's hard when your kid is three and four to be like, oh, it's okay. Mommy's just anxious. And it's hard. But do that because if I had done that, I think it just would have been easier just to kind of get it out. Like they don't need to understand, but that's exactly it. It's like my my situation and my relationship with my mom in, in regards to like the anxiety correlation is that's exactly it. It was just, I just, it dawned on me. I was like, no wonder I'm having such a freaking hard time. It's like this, this woman that I love and care about and trust and who is like my person, my safety person has never shown me this gets better. So how do I, how do I, in my life believe that this fucking gets better? I didn't, I didn't believe it for a very long time. I didn't believe it. And it's also because I wasn't putting in a lot of, a lot of work. I was band-aiding it and like, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. We can still keep doing this. Oh yeah. We can go to this place. Right. So long as I'm still functioning, there's no problem. No, that was, that was the problem. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because it's so true. That is that we don't recognize it right when we're in it, that all this yeah. doing is part of the problem. And we just think, I'm just, this is what I got to do. I just well, got to keep doing. More pressure like, on yourself. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And that adds to the layer <laughs> of shame. Then that adds to more of your victim state, right? And so like, that's the hugest piece for me too, is like, I'm not a freaking victim here. And like a lot of this, right? Like for a lot is like, you know, I could say my family, you know, didn't show up and love me in the way that they, I needed them to when I was a kid and how, you know, friends, you know, hurt me and betrayed me and how partners, you know, manipulated, abused me mentally, right? Like all of these things, I could blame all of these things. And while they did contribute for sure, it, it comes back to me. Like 
this is on me. Like I am the owner of this vessel. I am the owner of my life and the trajectory in which it, it goes. And while it's been freaking hard and messy and sludgy, confusing, full of heartache and pain, there's also been so much beautiful joy, memories. And even in the darkest of times, I wouldn't trade that for anything (laughs) because I am like, it has taken me on like literally the best path that it could for me. It's not perfect by any means. (laughs) I'm still learning and I'm still practicing. Right. And I think I said this in, in one of the, the panic to peace things. It's like, it's stop, stop perfecting and expecting and just practice. And it's like literally like her voice, my little therapist boy, her voice constantly says that to me all the time. And it's, it's so true. It's so true. What, why, why am I putting these expectations and trying to perfect everything? Nothing is fucking, nothing's perfect. Nothing is. Yeah. Right. Like we're, and it doesn't have to be right. And then there's another thing that she's like, she said recently, and it was just like, you know, I, I feel like I've been such a mess and you know, that I'm so beautifully messy and, and unraveling, but it's like, if I were to like, look at you, you're a mess. The person down the street's a mess. The people in the park are a mess. Everybody in the lineup at the grocery store is a mess. (laughs) Don't shine the light over here, Nicole. Yes, we are all a mess. (laughs) But you know, right? Like why, why, like we, we get in this victim state of like, it's just us and like, right? Like I'm never going to get better. I'm, I feel alone. I'm, I must be crazy. Nobody likes me. I'm on like, right. You see how all of these layers just fall and no wonder we feel so bad about ourselves. And when we feel so bad about ourselves, our anxieties go through the roof. So it really comes back to just love your freaking self, work on yourself, work on the stuff that is sludgy and messy. And it's not about making it to your fucking family gathering. It's not about making it on the plane. It's, it's, it's not, it's while all those things are great and you may not be able to do them right now, work on your damn self. So Nicole is going to come into the panic peace pro- to panic to peace program and teach my next rounds with me. You're spot on. I mean, it is so hard because it goes back to that we want it to be something easier. We want it to there to be some quick fix. We want it, you know, when we run from ourselves for so long until you can't run anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, it, this is work that benefits you for the rest of your life and makes your life that much better. And, you know, I always say back when I was struggling, I would wish I just want to be the old me. I just want to go back. And dear God, I would never, ever, you couldn't pay me to go back to to God, that version of myself. Said that, right? Yeah. Right. And it's like, it does get better. And even if you have, you know, genetic components, family stuff, trauma, like it does get better but you really have to make those really hard choices. And I'm just so proud of you, Nicole. Like you have done so much work and you're amazing and you're just so dang smart. And I'm so grateful that you came on and shared your story and shared all of this wisdom with everyone. And I'm proud of you for showing your kids and you 
that it gets better, that like this isn't it and we don't have to accept this. Like there is no greater gift that you could give yourself or your kids. So you're amazing. Thanks. You too. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So if somebody is, you know, really, really struggling right now, they're listening to this, maybe similar story or was in a similar spot as you, like what words of wisdom would you say to that person right now? Well, for one, just it's easier said than done, but don't be afraid to to be you and to show up as you and touch on all of those dark parts of yourself so that you can fully show up in in the life that you're trying to manifest and that you deserve, right? Like I think anybody who navigates anxiety um, or panic, we kind of all have the same underlying emotional, emotional stuff. And we, we all feel the same way. And so you're not by yourself. And like I said before, like you can look around you right now, wherever you are and know that everybody is a mess. <laughs> Get your brooms. Everyone's right? a mess. Everyone's I, it's, a mess. And just, it's so true. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I think just all the stories that you're you're telling yourself just first become aware of it and how do you want to change it because it comes down to your choice to change the stories now and you know if you have to touch on that little little version of you you know that little girl that little boy whatever it might be for you if you have to connect with that to to do that work that's that's where the magic happens it's not and like it's not about striving to show up it's how are you going to show up for you? So good. Just love, love, you know, love, love yourself. Uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nicole. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at a healthy push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.